0: Hello, and welcome back to the Grace Downtown podcast. We're in the middle of Holy Week. That's the week leading up to Easter. During Holy Week, we usually set aside time to remember the story of the last few days of Jesus' life. Then, at the end of the week, on Easter Sunday, we celebrate his resurrection and his eventual return. There's a lot going on in the Grace Downtown Network to commemorate these holidays. Grace Downtown is offering daily emails all week to help you dig deeper into the story of Jesus's sacrifice. Tomorrow night, on April 2nd, the network is getting together at Grace Meridian Hill for a Maundy Thursday service. That's the night when we commemorate Jesus's final meal with his disciples and his arrest. Then, at noon on Friday, we are hosting a 40-minute Good Friday service at Calvary Baptist Church. It's short, so you can fit it into a lunch break and even invite coworkers if you'd like. For more information on any of these events, you can visit our website at gracedc.net slash downtown. Today on the podcast we're bringing you Pastor Russ Whitfield's sermon from the 2012 Good Friday service.
1: Were you there when they crucified my Lord? crucified my Lord. my lord
2: were you there when they crucified my lord the old negro spiritual asks it's an interesting question obviously it's it's not a geographical question inquiring into your physical whereabouts it's not a question of time trying to probe into your schedule or your age It's a far more powerful and penetrating question than this because it's a question of identification. It's a question of similitude. It's a question of representation. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Do you see your likeness on these pages? Does your reflection come back to you as you look at this scene? Are you represented in this drama that unfolds before us? And your answer to this question means everything. Because the way in which you answer this question will be determinative for how you view Jesus, how you view the cross, how you view the resurrection, and ultimately how you view your own life. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? These passages that were just read before us have a host of characters who were included in this drama that ultimately leads to the death, to the execution, to the murder of Jesus Christ. But my question for you today is, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Let's take a good look at the characters in this drama as we consider this question. Consider Peter, James, and John. Now here is Jesus standing on the edge of this most terrifying reality. And he goes to a garden to pray. And he brings with him his closest earthly friends. These men were the inner circle within the inner circle. And he makes one simple request of these his dearest friends. Keep watch and pray. And then he goes a little further into the garden. He prays for himself. But when he returns, he finds them sleeping. No watching. No praying. Just sleeping. And it happens two more times to the point that they're shamed. You see, in this crucial moment, Peter, James, and John fail the one friend they have who has been faithful and true to them all along. In this critical moment, their weakness is revealed. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And then all of a sudden, who should appear in the garden but Judas, the betrayer? And it, and it was only a few days before this moment in the garden where Judas asked himself a question. What can I get in exchange for Jesus? And then he takes this question public and goes to the religious leaders and, and he asks them, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? There was greed and discontentment in Judas's heart because he had come to the conclusion that material goods were more precious Than Jesus, that material items were preferable to Jesus. In this moment, he sells out the true treasure of heaven for lesser treasures. And all the while, he feigns spirituality. Because he had walked with Jesus up to this point, and he could have bailed at any moment during the course of those three years where he didn't agree with the way things were going down. But he continues, and he fakes intimacy. Because you see, Judas could have identified Jesus by pointing at him. He could have identified Jesus by calling out his name. He could have identified Jesus by walking up to him and tapping him on the shoulder. But no, he betrays the son of man with a false sign of intimacy. He betrays Jesus with a kiss. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And once that fateful kiss is planted on Jesus and the arrest is made, one short line describes the response of the disciples. Then everyone deserted him and fled. As the gospel writer Matthew wrote this line in his gospel, I imagine that he wrote it very slowly and with great pain because he knew that he was among the number of those who had fled. I imagine that Mark wrote this with a great deal of shame because when he makes this autobiographical note, he indicts himself saying, and a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Completely exposed in all of their cowardice and fear, these disciples foolishly run away from Jesus in order to try and save themselves. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? The angry mob then drags Jesus to the religious leaders. And these men had despised Jesus Since the very beginning of his ministry. Because you see, they viewed themselves as the ultimate authorities on matters of life. But Jesus came and challenged their claims to authority and they hated him for it. They envied him because they wanted his place. They resented his interference into their lives. They railed against his intrusions into their affairs. And they envied him because they wanted his place. So when arguing with him didn't work, they trumped up charges and brought up false accusations so that they could just get rid of him, so that they didn't have to deal with him, so they didn't have to take his claims seriously. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And when Jesus is enduring this kangaroo court, Peter, the man who had claimed to be the most Devoted follower of Jesus was making a statement that he would spend the rest of his life just wishing he could take back. I don't know the man. Under the weight of cultural pressure, he makes the decision to cover up his relationship with Jesus because he's ashamed of him. Were you there when they crucified my Lord And contrary to the evidence, the religious leaders indict Jesus and then they take him to Pontius Pilate in order to get a death sentence hung over his head. And Pilate finds no fault in Jesus, but he has a problem. This decision concerning Jesus is going to affect his career path. So he tries to remain neutral. You see, he knows that Jesus is innocent, but he needs to please the people in order to keep the peace so that he can climb the ladder so that he can advance his career. He asserts the innocence of Jesus, but that insistent crowd just will not be swayed. So he condemns the innocent to be crucified. Then, in order to soothe his conscience... He performs a trite ritual, taking a basin of water and washing his hands, supposing that he can clear himself from the guilt. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And then Pilate hands Jesus over to the soldiers so that they can do their worst. And they brutalize Jesus. It's it's an appalling scene. But what's equally appalling is what they do before they walk Jesus up to the hilltop. They take a purple robe and they throw it over his shoulders. And then they twist a crown of thorns and they place it on his head. And then they pay fake homage to Jesus. They pretend to worship Jesus. But it's all for show. It's all a mockery. And before Jesus breathes his last breath, they take a spear and they pierce his sacred heart. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? In his Pentecost sermon, the Apostle Peter proclaims to all the crowd saying this, The God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Do you see your likeness On these pages, does your reflection come back up to you when you view this scene? Are you represented in this drama that unfolds before us? Were you there when they crucified my Lord, the old Negro spiritual asks? And we must answer, yes, we were there. Like Peter, James, and John, Jesus finds us sleeping no watching no praying just sleeping we fail the one friend who has always been faithful and true and in this our weakness is revealed like judas we too have asked the question what can i get in exchange for jesus this same greed and contentment is in our hearts because somehow we have become convinced that, that material possessions are preferable to Jesus. We sell out the true treasure of heaven for lesser treasures. And all the while, we feign spirituality. We walk with Jesus up to a point And we fake intimacy. And in this way, we betray him. Like the disciples, we are constantly running away from Christ and we are completely exposed in all of our cowardice and fear. And in our foolishness, we turn away from Jesus in order to try and save our lives. Like the religious leaders, we view ourselves as the ultimate authorities on matters of life and when Jesus challenges our claims to authority, we hate him for it. We resent his interference. We rail against his intrusions into our affairs, and we have envy in our hearts because we want his place. We try to get rid of Jesus so that we don't have to deal with him or take his claims seriously. Like Peter, we buckle under the weight of cultural pressure, making the decision to just cover up our relationship to Jesus because we're ashamed of him. Like Pilate, We try to remain neutral. We feel the need to please people in order to keep peace, in order to climb the ladder, in order to advance our careers. Then we try to soothe our consciences through trite rituals, trying to wash our hands of the guilt. Like the soldiers, we too have been guilty of paying fake homage to Jesus. We too have been guilty of fake worship. And in the end, we pierce his sacred heart. Horatius Bonner said it well. T'was I that shed the sacred blood. I nailed him to the tree. I crucified the Christ of God. I joined the mockery. Of all that shouting multitude, I feel that I am one. And in that din of voices rude, I recognize my own. Around the cross, the throng I see, mocking the sufferer's groan. Yet still my voice, it seems to be as if I mocked alone. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Yes, we were there. And if we really came to believe this awful reality, we too would tremble, tremble. There would be no tears left to cry for the one who realized their participation in the death of God's son. But even though Judas handed Jesus over out of greed, even though the religious leaders handed him over out of envy, even though Pontius Pilate handed Jesus over out of cowardice, you have to understand today that God the Father handed him over out of love. That's the good news that we need to hear today, my friends. Our sin is not the end of the story. The good news of Jesus Christ is that by faith we can be represented by another character in this here drama today. We can be represented and make a claim that we have been represented in a different way. The Apostle Paul... He helps us in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, when he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live for the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? The question takes on a whole new meaning when faith is introduced into this equation because we can see all of our life of failure, our betrayal, materialism, fake worship, cultural capitulation, and mockery crucified with Jesus. Were you there when they crucified my Lord, the old Negro spiritual ass? And we must answer, yes, we were there. Guilty as charged. But this Negro spiritual goes on to ask two more questions. You see, we're not just left in our guilt, but we are driven to grace. We are driven to grace because the last two lyrics of this song say, Were you there when the stone was rolled away? Were you there when he rose up from the grave? You see, this spiritual takes us from guilt to grace. To glory. Because if you are willing to answer yes to the first questions, owning your guilt, then you can answer yes to the second two questions, claiming that grace. If you want to see the cross as something done for you, then you have to see the cross as something done by you. If you are willing to own your share in the guilt of the cross, then you can claim your share in the grace and glory of the resurrection. Behold, the power and love of God demonstrated in Jesus Christ who would rather go through hell for you than to go to glory without you. That's good news today. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when the stone was rolled away? Were you there when he rose up from the grave? Were you there?